We have another guest for you guys here today. He is a best-selling author, international speaker, advisor, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. To entrepreneurs, he is the secret weapon they don't want their competitors knowing about. He is a former stockbroker and built his business into one of the most successful gyms in the U.S., but that wasn't enough for him, and he began creating high six-figure offline businesses for his clients. Please give a warm welcome to Paul Holmey. How you doing, Paul? Good, man. Thank you. <laughs> Bennett, how you doing over there? I'm doing well. What a, what an intro. And, you know, I know you guys uh, have been in contact, uh, Matt and and Paul. Uh, I, I know very little about your business. What is uh what is your business that you that you ended up starting? Yeah, I get that one a lot. Well it's kind of funny. So I started off as a stockbroker uh, and then got hooked into the MMA world with one of my best friends and then ended up leaving my corporate career, opened up MMA gym and coaching people and having guys fight in the UFC. And that was fun. But then when you have a family you're like, I gotta start making some money. So then I always start opening a gym, got really good at that. And then people kept asking for help. So we started consulting on other gyms. And then with my background in investing, helping guys figure out how to create cash flow with their gyms and invest and create passive assets. So it's been a wild ride. Wow. Okay. So entirely a, uh, you know, and you don't do really any of the uh, investing anymore. That, that's, you left that in the past. It's yeah. Yeah. I gyms. left that in the, yeah, I left that in the world, the corporate world and lost my, you know, I had to give up my licenses, but I still invest every day. <laughs> it's like an addiction. You can't get rid of it. For sure. You know, as long as you're not gambling, right? Exactly. Yeah. People always ask me, what's the difference between a trader and an investor? I'm like, a trader's usually broke. They hit a couple wins and then they lose everything. Or an investor, you just literally Warren Buffett method, just put money away constantly, just keep investing and don't worry about it. You know, I, I definitely participate in uh, in like some trading here and there. And I, I see it all too often, you know, <sighs> win after win. and that, But then your loss is, you know, five times the size of all your wins. Dude, they're and, massive. <laughs> and so, you know, when, when people are too stubborn to say, oh, my analysis was wrong, I need to get out of this trade, you know, that's that's when they start losing big money. Oh, yeah. And then the human nature, you exit too early too. You get excited, you get a win. And you're like, oh, I got a win and you exit. And then it doubles. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, man, well, it sounds like you know what you're talking about in both, in both fields. So uh, I, I'm eager to hear what you have to say in terms of your gyms. Um, and now you're, you're consulting, you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been wild. It was, it was amazing, you know, until 2020. <laughs> and then, then we were in the wrong industry because when, you know, people deem your business non-essential, then you don't have clients to consult because they're just trying to stay open, you know? So it, it was a tricky time, but the cool thing was with my background, I was able to help people, you know, pre, uh, 2020 to build up savings and help them get through the dark times and, you know, keep pushing forward. So the good news is things have become better. The gyms are coming back. People are going out and doing things again. So the, our clients that stuck with it, you know, and kept marketing, kept helping people, they're doing great now. So, but yeah, it was, it was a rough little patch. Where are most of these, uh, gyms located that you're operating like East coast, West coast, or a specific state? Man, I'm lucky I'm in Texas, so we were like shut okay. down for two weeks. But I've had clients like in Oregon that are literally just now getting past some of the limitations. So our okay. company at its peak, we had clients in Australia, uh, England, and then all over the U.S. But then, of course, 2020, 2021, you know, half the gyms went out of business. It was super sad, you know, but now they're making right. a comeback, which is great. 
Gotcha. So these are people operating their own gyms and then they're coming to you as kind of an outside consultant to just say, hey, like, how do I grow this? How do I do that? And that's where the business aspect came into it. Oh, yeah. Yep, for sure. And then my finance background helped a lot because, you know, a lot of these guys are really good at what they do and they're really good at running a gym. But like a lot of people, when they make the jump to becoming an entrepreneur, they don't have the financial understanding of like, hey, I need an accountant. Hey, I need clean books. I need, you know, all these things, you know, and it's like, getting them on that point where they can have good books, then they can go out and get lines of credit. Then they can do these things that most, you know, beginning entrepreneurs aren't ready for yet. So it gives them an edge. Well, so, so leading into that, you know, I think what our, what our listeners will really value from is hearing about the, you know, those, those general all encompassing things that an entrepreneur needs to know. And so I'm curious, you know, when you came into these gyms, what were the biggest financial problems people were facing and you know what was the the quickest way that you were uh you were able to go in and help them fix their finances yeah that's a perfect question yeah because you go into these gyms and a lot of them you know they're they're doing okay they're they're you know they're building their business but they they don't understand cash flow in the beginning and it's like trying to explain to them that cash flow is a life flow lifeblood of their business that they have to understand it you know i'm not talking like you know crazy dave ramsey rules where you can't have coffee and everything like that but it's like you have to at least have a budget and then look at it and be like, hey, this much is coming in, this much is coming out. So we'll start with, a, I like to start at a high level so I don't scare them. Because if I come in too hard, then they don't want to deal with me anymore. <laughs> so I start super high level. I'm like, hey, how much came in last month? How much went out? Okay, cool. So you had a little bit of a profit or hey, you had no profit. Let's look at this. And then once they get that, then it's like, okay, here's a base level. You have this much coming in, this much going out. Can you set up, you know, the biggest thing I do, is this has helped entrepreneurs in any industry is I explain them the importance. First of all, they have to have their, you know, their business books or their business accounts and their personal accounts separate. But when they have their business accounts to at least have a savings account and every week move money from their checking to their savings to start creating a little bit of a buffer that they can do things with. And it's funny just doing that one little thing, you know, even before getting into like, you know, the CPAs and the bookkeepers, I'm just like, Hey, at least get a savings account, start building up money. Then you, if something happens in your gym, cause, or your business, entrepreneurs, we always have like weird expenses that pop up and you don't know what to do sometimes. So it's when you have that little bit of a buffer, it's like, oh, cool. This takes the stress away. So most people are like super happy when that happens and you give them a quick win. So they're like, you know, they went from being, you know, let's get the ball rolling, you know? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That that's great. And, and you know, you, you say it becomes a passive income for them. And my understanding of, of passive income is that it's never really passive. It's never really completely passive. So when you say passive income, what are you what are you helping them achieve to become to become passive? Oh yeah, and that, that's a great one. Yeah, because it's like because like passive income is the toughest thing to accomplish, and it always is. It's it is and it isn't. But like for passive income for these guys, I just try to get them to have cash flow moving, and then as part of the system, I teach them is once they get money coming into their savings, then I tell them to treat their they treat their business like a publicly traded company, even though I wish we could all have publicly traded companies and we'd all be super rich. But I tell them to put in their head, they have to become one. And the thing that public companies have to do every quarter is report their earnings. So I'm like, hey, you know what? You need to meet with your wife, your business partner, whatever, every quarter. Look at it and be like, hey, we had, you know, $3,000 in profit in our savings account. What should we do with it? And the, the thing I tell them to do is get, you know, first talk to their CPA, make sure they can do, take money out. But take money out and start investing, start simple, like, you know, the Warren Buffett method, anything like that. So they're starting to build assets. And then from there, as you start building up in your investment account, then you start looking for alternative investments, which can become 
you know, very passive where you start investing in other businesses, but that one takes a little time because to get from zero to, you know, whatever that number is, if it's 50,000, 100,000, whatever it is to get into some other things. But along the way, teaching them that, you know, hey, if you start investing, even the simplest thing like Warren Buffett investing in the S&P 500 consistently, it's like, you're going to do really, really well. I mean, there's going to be ups and downs. Like when I was a stock broker, I, I started in 2001, three months before September 11th. So I'm like, yeah, I'm getting fired. <laughs> you know, it was horrible because when, you know, it happened, it was a horrible event. And then the markets crashed. But what happened after that, it was a huge rally. 2008, markets crashed, huge rally. 2020, markets crashed, huge rally. So my, my job with these guys is to kind of keep them investing consistently because then once they have these accounts, once their investment accounts growing, they're getting, you know, dividends, they're getting capital gains, which are not cashed out yet. And then they're growing and then they can look at putting it into other things and really building a passive income machine. Hmm. And, and yeah, that's, that's very interesting. I'm surprised you direct them to invest it in, in the stock market as opposed to sometimes their own, their own business. That's the hardest thing to do. And the reason I'm, I've been like that is from personal experiences. I had a friend, I've had a couple of friends actually have done really amazingly well in their businesses. And they were like, I was like looking up these guys and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then something bad happens and you know, their business gets hit and they don't have any money because they invested all their money into their business. So I tell these guys like mm -hmm. always invest in your business. Yes. But always take Even if it's 5%, 10%, get it out of the business, start putting into something that grows for you because worst case scenario, like in like I explained to my wife in March, when March happened this year, 20, or 2020, two years ago, mm -hmm. I was like, hey, this is going to be bad. They're going to close us down. We have, you know, we're going to try to get whatever income we have, but we have money put away in another account that if I have to, I can bring back into the business. I don't want to, but we, I can. And it was like a huge relief off her shoulders. And it was like, and the cool thing was I didn't have to. So when everything started tanking, I just started buying. I was buying everything I could get my hands on. I was like, you know, because I was like, this oh, is yeah. not going to last. Yeah, that that one that one dip was, was maybe huge. a once in a lifetime uh, <laughs> opportunity right there. It was terrifying. Mm -hmm. It was. And so kind of going off of that, say, you know, these people that are investing, they uh, own their gyms or maybe own their businesses. So they have somewhat advantage owning a business, as we all know, is very difficult and takes a while to have a profit. But say, you know, maybe the average or lesser than average American that's maybe not bringing in so much money. I've heard you always say you think everyone can become a millionaire. What would be your advice to someone that's right now doesn't have that college degree, maybe yep. working at retail or something like that. What would you say to them? Like when they're like, no way I could fucking become a millionaire. Dude, it's crazy too. And a lot of it's mindset. Cause when you break it down, you can use like investment calculators and look at it. It's like, if you put $400 away a month for 30 years, it's a million dollars at an average annual return of the S&P 500. But for a lot of these guys are like, dude, I don't have $400. And it's like, well, what? Mm -hmm. So when I, when I first start dealing with the client, I'm like, well, what can you do? And they're like, oh, I can't do much. So my thing is getting started because if you never get started, you'll never have a chance. So I tell people, you know, if, if especially if you're an employee and you got a 401k with a match, that's free money. I mean, do whatever you can to get that match. Because when I worked in corporate America, that was like the thing was like, you know, my accounts grew stupid fast because they'll give you money because they want you to invest. So like if you have a uh, regular job, you know, do whatever you can. If you got to work a little bit of overtime, just get up mm -hmm. to that match. You don't have to go above it, but get to that match. So you get that free money and then you'll see your account start growing really fast. But the biggest thing is to get started. So if you don't have a 401k and people are like, oh, I can't get started. And I tell them, dude, just set up an account, create an automation and move a dollar a day, Monday through Friday, or, you know, $5 on Friday. And they're like, well, that's not going to make a difference. And I'm like, yes, it is over 
30, 40 years is going to make a huge difference because you start to get addicted to it where it's like, okay, I was doing a dollar a day. Can I do two? Mm-hmm. Okay, I can do mm-hmm. two. Can I do three? And then, you know, then you start seeing it because you'll read stories about these guys that, you know, had, you know, lower paying jobs that just kept putting money away every month for 40 years and then they die and leave their kids like $2 million and nobody knew they were rich. They just kept doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard like some crazy stories even from uh, like my parents' friends or something like just older generations of their like, yeah, my friends like parents or grandparents passed away. There was like 100K in like the trunk of their car or something. Yeah. Just like crazy, like crazy shit like that where, yeah, like you said, just the little stuff does make a difference. So that, oh, that's huge. really cool to hear. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. It's just getting started. The hardest thing and one thing I talk a lot about, like especially my generation, you know, Gen X, we was like. Our parents always told us, you know, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, rich people suck. It's like they limit your mindset and it's not their fault. They were mm-hmm. taught that way too. And it's like, so until you can break out of that, it's tough. But once you start breaking out of it and learning and you start seeing how rich people actually act with their money, you're like, okay, shit, this makes sense. I wish somebody would have told me this 20 years ago because then I'd had 20 years to put more money away. So that's one of the biggest things I tell people is to really look at their mindset and think different, you know, tell your kids differently, think different, build generations that understand money. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I think, one of the biggest things I'm always focusing on, you know, mindset is everything. And, uh, you know, you don't realize that, you know, the extent of the problems you can solve until you get out there and solve solve your first problem. And and with uh, with investing, you know, for sure that that $1 a day method, e- you know, easy, easy way to have a million dollars when you retire. Yeah, you just got to stay consistent. Exact. It is all about consistency and 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 perseverance. But uh, but for for a lot of people, that's also too slow for them and, yep. and too boring. And uh, on the one hand, you, I don't have a ton of sympathy for them. But at at the same time, you know, it, it might not be their fault. You know, what would you what would you say? Why would you say everyone is saying building wealth is too boring or slow? Oh yeah. It's funny. You said that. It's one of my favorite quotes is when, um, Bill Gates, uh, met with Warren Buffett and he was asking him about, cause you know, Buffett's the best investor of all time, as far as, you know, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, the guy's just a machine. And he said, well, this is my system. And he showed it to Bill Gates and he goes, why don't more people do this? And he's like, cause it's too slow and it's too boring. It's like his investment model. Like people trashed him in, uh, what was it? The dot-com bubble. Cause that was when I was working in the markets, he was not a big tech investor and everybody was like, oh, this guy's done. He's over markets crashed. He just kept making money. Same thing happened, you know, when all this uh, tech stuff crashed again, he's still making money. He's the only one positive right now. So it's, it is hard. Like if you look at a growth chart, when I show people, when I do presentations and stuff like that is like the first, once you start investing, it's super slow, super boring. First 20 years, 15 years, looks like nothing. It's just kind of like a slow, steady movement. And then all of a sudden at 30, 40 years, it just starts going ballistic. And the problem is most of us start too late. We don't get to experience that huge burst. And it can be boring. So I tell people my hedge on it because I deal with some younger clients too that are like, man, I hate the market. I'm all in on crypto and everything. I'm like, that's totally cool, man. If you want to be on crypto, that's fine. I said, but do me a favor. Let's, let's you know, use Pareto's principle, 80-20. I said, put 80% mm-hmm. of the money you want to invest into what you believe in. And then if you want to dabble in crypto, that's cool too, because, you know, especially the, the younger generation that, than mine, they, they're so hardcore into crypto. They want to go crazy, which is awesome for the last couple of years. But as you know, this year, it's not been pretty. It's been a bloodbath. So it's like you can't always get you're not always going to get these crazy returns that we got last year. Well, do you you know, maybe maybe I can uh, just ask your opinion on that. What do you what do you think about crypto and what do you think about uh, that being 
maybe a new frontier in investing where we have decentralized companies, decentralized organizations, and all, all these new use cases for, for the blockchain. Yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's super exciting because I'm 47, so I'm a little bit older than the, the average crypto person. So it's like when I go to these, because I'll go to different uh, marketing and finance things, I'll run into the crypto crowd and they're all like in their 20s. And I just love to learn from them. I'm like, you know, hey, what's this? What's this? You know, how does this work? Because my generation is like scared to death of crypto. They're like, oh, no. Like anytime I talk to somebody my age, a little bit older, like there's no way I'd put money in crypto. I'm like, why not? You know, it's like, where's it going? It's just it's not going away. The blockchain, you know, it gives that transparency that everybody craves where it's like you can see what everything is, where it goes. It's, you know, you can go down that rabbit hole of NFTs of who owns what, what the NFT does. But I, I see, you know, crypto, you know, going over the next, I don't know how long, it's going to be insane because it's going to give us so many options. You know, you start getting into the DeFi stuff and, you know, all that, it's it's wild. So I think we're like in the infancy of it. You know, if you follow Gary Vee at all, he, you know, talks about mm -hmm. how Web 2.0 was massive and he's talking about how this Web 3.0 is going to be bigger than anything. And, and I thought Web 2.0 was the biggest thing in my life. So I'm excited to see the next 10, 20 years. Absolutely. And uh, and with with investing, with, with all of this stuff, you know, we were talking about before 80 20 rule um and and that just has to do all about all about compounding people oh, don't yeah. realize people don't realize how how compounding really takes effect you know many years into the future and so we're we're laying some groundwork right now um you know if, if you're listening to this if you're an entrepreneur lay that groundwork get those first dollars in, uh, invested and and yeah, you know, it, the idea is that we, it will compound. You, you can't see it yet. Oh, yeah. And if you go back, you know, you go back in time, Einstein called, you know, compound the eighth wonder of the world. I mean, the dude was, you know, a genius. And he's like, this is one of the most powerful things in the world. And so just by starting is the biggest thing. People are like, oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm like, dude, you're going to be 50 and you haven't done anything yet. Then what are you going to do? <laughs> then you're going to try to accumulate a bunch of wealth in your 50s, which you could do if you have a high, you know, a high paying job or a successful business but it's so much more work than letting the money work for itself. When we're talking about our families and our, our friends, our, our kids, for example, you know, how do you give a leg up to your children and give them an unfair advantage? You know, cause we, we always think, Oh, these, these rich people have unfair advantages that I, you know, money, money does a lot of things, but it doesn't do everything. Right. How would you say, uh, you know, we give give our kids or our, our friends, our family an unfair advantage in life? Man, the biggest way to do it is the words we use, because, you know, we can be mentally, we can be physically strong. We can have a good job. But if mentally, if you think money's evil, you grew up with your parents talking about how, you know, oh, we can't afford that or we can't do this. We can't do that. What happened to me is really weird in the jujitsu world is you meet a lot of different people. Like I've worked out with, you know. All kinds of different people but a couple i ran into when i was younger i would say in like my early 20s a couple guys that were you know multi-millionaires and i'm like like oh my god you guys are like the greatest coolest thing i've ever seen i've never even i didn't know this was possible because like my family we grew up you know lower middle class you know i never knew what a millionaire was and i met it i'm like these are like regular people and then i got to be friends with them and i'd see them interact with their kids and they talk different than my parents did and i'd start listening and it was like I never once heard, you know, we can't afford that or mine doesn't grow on trees. It always, it was instead of we can't afford that. It's like, how can we afford that? Or what do you need to do? I'm like, oh, so you're giving your kid like the ability to think on their own that they can do something different. So one thing I did with my kids is from a young age with my son, and I actually did this at my uh, MMA gym with our kids class is 
I teach the kids about stock market. So like with my kid and some of his friends, I'm like, hey, you know what? We're going to play this game. It's going to be 14 days. I'm going to give you all $10,000 in imaginary money. So they're they're like eight years old and they're just tripping. They're like, what? $10,000? I'm like, it's not real, guys. I said, but if you win, you know, then we'll finish the contest and we're all going to go out and have pizza and do all this stuff. So I taught the kids. I'm like, hey, you know, because I really did it for my son because I wanted him to get understanding because, you know, kids a lot of times listen to their parents. But if I can get them to do it with his friends, then it worked out pretty good. So it's like, hey, here's ten thousand dollars. You got to buy a stock. And they're like, well, what's a stock? I'm like, well, which companies do you like? Well, my son was like, well, you buy a lot of Amazon stuff. I'm like, well, yeah. OK, cool. So he's like, I'm going to buy Amazon. I'm like, all right, cool. And his friends bought like Nike and PlayStation. It was all the typical kid stuff, Microsoft for Xbox. So I'm like, OK, cool. So now that you know what stock is, what's a stock ticker? And they're like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, OK, cool. Look at your phones. Type in the name of the company and like, oh, OK. So I said, I explained to the kids like each one has a ticker. So Microsoft, MSFT, Amazon, AMZN. So I was like, OK, you get this. And it was teaching them about shares. So, OK, you have stock shares. There's this much per share. So divide that by your 10,000. You get this many shares. And then we'd meet up every other day and be like, OK, where's your stocks at? They get out the phones and look at it and be like, OK, cool, cool, cool. And you hear them start talking and like, well, oh, my stock's doing better than your stock. And then they were getting real competitive with it. And a typical story about being a, a, a trader. So when I did this with my son, he did Amazon and he ended up winning the contest with all of his friends. I'm, I was like, oh, that's super cool. And he was like, Dad, you got to buy Amazon. And I'm like, I'm like, Chase, it's $300 a share. I'm going to wait for it to come down a little bit and then I'm going to load up. And we haven't seen $300 on Amazon in forever. <laughs> You know, so luckily I pulled my head out of my butt and bought it at 700 and something. But I was like, he jokes around with me still this day. He's like, hey, remember that time I told you to buy Amazon at 300? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so for me, it's like teaching teaching this next generation of about money. It's like, you know, it, getting rid of all the limiting beliefs. Like for me, it's like, you know, you can go exactly. through like I've already got it planned out for like when I have grandchildren. It's like each every one of my grandchild will be a millionaire because on their birthday you put it's insane. You can look at it through a girl. You can do it into a. Uh, historical growth chart, put $200 away every year on their birthday from birth to 18 and never touch it again. And at 65, they'll have a million dollars. I mean, that's insane. Could you imagine if like we were given that opportunity? I mean, I don't know yeah. anybody that was ever given that opportunity. And the first time I saw that video of somebody that did it, I was like, you're shitting me. It's this easy. <laughs> it's, like, so, it's so much closer than we realize. It's right there. The problem is we don't get taught about it at a young enough age to take advantage of the time to have the compounding interest really kick in because yeah, 200 bucks a year in your forties, you know, you're not going to, the odds of you living to 105 aren't very good, <laughs> but mm-hmm. from birth to 65, it's pretty, pretty good chance you're going to make it. But I mean, think of the unfair advantage that your grandkid has or your kid, if you have a small child, it, it's, it's insane. Then teach them about money. Cause you don't want them to be like a lottery winner. It's like, Oh, Hey, I won this lottery from grandpa. I got a million dollars. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, you need to understand the markets you know, what things are doing, how you do this, how you do that, how do you invest? And hopefully that's just the start that they get. So that's one thing I saw from, you know, getting to be around rich people and watch how they interact with their kids. And I was like, that is how I'm going to talk to my kids and my grandkids. It is absolutely a mindset built into, you know, your, your subconscious thinking as well as, you know, your, your everyday decision-making that, uh, that really puts you on the path to success. And, um, but, but, you know, going, going back, I also do think that, you know, it's, it's the way you think and it's not so much about money. And so, you know, being, I feel like jujitsu is one of those sports that has, has extreme, you know, respect for, for all, all these different uh, aspects of life and has so much to teach you, you know, doing jujitsu, are there any lessons that you've come away with that you haven't learned uh, through 
investing and through uh, working with people to solve their problems at their gyms? Or, you know, are there, are there reasons you see that no matter how much money people have, they still remain unhappy? Oh, dude, I see it all the time. I've had people come in and it's funny because like you said, to me, it's more mindset. I mean, we read about people all the time, rich people killing themselves or, you know, OD and partying too hard because they just, they don't you have anything. see it to, all too often. Yeah. There's nothing to be passionate about. They give up. So like jujitsu to me is the ultimate thing. Like I joke around, like I'll do it till forever because it gives you purpose because it's just something different about it. Like I can be having the worst day or something goes wrong or whatever, or a client, you know, is mad at us and wants to quit. And I'm like, oh, it sucks. Then I go to jujitsu. I teach class and then everybody tries to kill me for 45 minutes. <laughs> like, so it's like when I get done, I'm like, well, that wasn't so bad, you know, and you, you get rid of that anxiety because we have a huge problem with people like, you know, I have family, you know, that stuff, they're all taking anxiety pills and blood pressure pills. you know, they're, they're stressed out on life. And I'm like, dude, go work out. Like, oh, I just can't, you know, I'm under too much stress. And I'm like, you know, that would fix a lot of it, you know, and it's like, they're, they're taking all these medications and they're miserable. And it's like, I go into jiu-jitsu. It's one thing I love about jiu-jitsu is like I'll go into a class and there's a, you know, a tattoo artist, a mechanic, a surgeon, a CPA, you know, a DEA agent, a pothead. And you're just like everybody, no one cares. It's like the, it's like everybody just like comes from different walks of life, but you get to mix and train and, you know, fall in love with the art. But at the same time, taking care of your health and dealing with that stuff because Man, if you stop and think about it, life is, you know, stressful. It's like you watch the news right now, everybody's freaking out about Russia and all this stuff. But yeah, it's stuff super stressful. Don't think about it. Just focus on what you can deal with. And mm-hmm. so yeah, jujitsu has been a lifesaver for me by, you know, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, for me, at least just getting outside and, and being more active, like really changed my life just from, uh, you know, just a mental standpoint, just if, you know, getting frustrated or, or like you said, I have a bad day, just getting outside, even going on a run for a walk and just realizing that there's just so much more like just realizing there's more out there than all the shit that's like in your mind. So uh, I, I totally, I preach that so much also. I, I feel like being in motion as they say, because if you're not in motion, your body's technically rotting. So Dude, yeah. I always think that that's, that's really crucial. To and anything. that's the thing too. Like I talked to my mom and she, she's getting older and stuff like that. And I'm like, you used to be so active. What happened? You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm just old. I'm like, no, you're choosing to not be active. It's like, just go walk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. don't do CrossFit. Just go walk. Yeah. And it'll make you feel so much better. So, so much better. So one one last thing I just wanted to uh, pick your brain about kind of switching more to the entrepreneur focus before we close out here yeah. was a lot of entrepreneurs that might maybe in that two to three year, maybe five year point uh, where they're you know starting to have that profit and starting to build up a little bit, but they're very disorganized. I find myself you know in this situation as I grow, your brain can get scattered a lot. You don't know where to start. You start stressing out like, oh, I'm so disorganized. Like, how do I do you fix this mess? Like for someone that's just trying to organize their finances, just get everything, you know, in line. What do you recommend to, to you know, just get started with that? Man, the best thing is once you get to that point, that's a cool spot because, you know, you've broken out of the first year or two where you're just like, oh, my God, is this thing going to make it? I've got to make, you mm-hmm. know, and then you're at like year three or four. You're just like, oh, we're starting to make money. It's like, OK, cool. But we don't have the money where the money go. So I always right. tell people. Right. The best thing is, you know, start organizing, you know, trying to like track your days like, you know, okay, you know, get up in the morning, have your to do list, you look at your stuff. But the biggest thing for people is having an accountant and a bookkeeper changes everything. I mean, it changes everything because 
it starts to hold you accountable. Like you start, you know, when you're like, I'll still get message from my bookkeeper. She's like, Hey, what's this for? And I'm like, Oh, Oh, shouldn't have done that. You know? So it's yeah. like, you know, they're, they're almost like parents, but it, it gives you that thing where like when you, you start getting, you start getting your profit and loss each month from your accountant and your, or your, sorry, from your bookkeeper before they get into the account, but your bookkeeper sends you your profit and loss and you look at it and you're like, okay, you start to feel like a real company. I mean, I hate to say it. Cause like a lot of times entrepreneurs, we're just bootstrapping and trying to get through it and we're grinding and we're just doing whatever we right. can. But when you start to see numbers on paper, you're like, okay, we made this much. We spent this much. We invested this much. Okay. This is cool. Okay. Well, then you see last year's numbers. Like, okay, how do we beat last year's month? Okay, cool. Next quarter, can we beat next year's quarter? So for me, that's what I tell people. It's like, you know, sooner than later, even, even if you can't afford an accountant right away, at least get a bookkeeper. A lot of them use QuickBooks and they're pretty reasonable price. But you, once you start getting that, that paper in your hands where you're looking at it and you, you start feeling like, like, oh man, this is what like big companies do. You know, they analyze their numbers. Right. Definitely. Well, that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's just one thing. I know uh, a lot of people that are listening here are, you know, just startup entrepreneurs, younger. Um, so they're probably maybe thinking about getting into that. And I know I, I myself need to get organized sometimes as we all do. So and I was gonna say, yeah. And if we try to do it, we never, it's like, we like, oh, I'm going to do this. And we may do it for a little bit, but it's like, bringing in an outside set of eyes just changes everything. Cause then you, you, you know, you're like, okay, I got to turn this into my bookkeeper. So it's like, you start becoming like, you know, someone's like almost like someone's grading your homework. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that accountability. I mean, yeah. I know for me, I have, you know, I have some people that, that help hold me accountable and it's not even like they're telling you or making you do anything. It's just that they're keeping your eyes on it and making you say, Oh, okay, this makes sense. And it just, it makes you more aware. Oh yeah. Paul, I, I, I do think we're going to, Wrap it up here. Awesome. But before you go, I'm curious if there is anything you'd like to suggest to our listeners uh, today. What are you reading and what are you what are you watching these days? Man, one th- I watch way too much CNBC. <laughs> so I try to avoid the news, but the stockbroker in me can't stop watching CNBC. So I watch that all the time. Um, but for fun, my favorite show obviously is going to be is Billions because I love just trying to learn about people that make money. And obviously it's an HBO show, so it's not real, but it's still entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then reading is actually an old school book, which I highly recommend. It's a super short read uh, is As a Man Thinketh by James Allen, because we need that that reminder sometimes of like what we put into our subconscious is what we get. You know, if you're yeah. sitting there like thinking all these negative thoughts, you're going to get negative stuff. I have negative friends. And no matter what happens, they're not happy. So it's like when you start thinking, you change the way you think. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things for me. When I change the way I start thinking about things is like, okay, this happened. This sucks. But you know what? Hey, I'm working on this. And then your subconscious actually helps you. So it's it's a great mm-hmm. book if you pick that up. I think it's like three bucks on Amazon actually. But uh, mm-hmm. James Allen's the author. But it's a great read. It's super short. I read it all the time. Yeah. My, my dad loves that book. He's, he's super into, you know, subconscious and and thought and mental. He, he got really into that about like five five years ago, I think. And he reads that book a lot too. So that's a really great suggestion. Yeah. Cause you know, my generation, you know, I'm starting to see it now. I didn't think it was a thing, but like, man, you know, middle-aged dudes kill themselves all the time. It's like one of the leading causes of death of 40 to 50 year olds. And a lot of Mm -hmm. it is just because, you know, they lose focus, they lose purpose. You know, their kids are growing up. What am I going to do without this? What am I going to do without that? So it's like, yeah, if you're listening to this man, really address your subconscious, address what you think about. So don't be a statistic and like really, really work to improve your life. Yeah, definitely. And, it, and it's you versus you at the end of the day. It, <laughs> yes. It's all, it, that's all it is. So, uh, and yeah, one last thing for we let you go kind of what, anything you want to plug or where, where can people find you on social media, or your website? 
Yeah, man, the best thing is uh, Instagram right now. I'm loving that. Facebook, I'm kind of like, ugh. But Instagram, I've been really liking a lot, putting a lot of good free content on there. So if you want to follow that, just go to Instagram, you know, forward slash P-A-U-L period H-A-L-M-E. Uh, I put a lot of good free stuff on there. Or the, my website is paulhalmy.com, which I need to update. But right now, I'd say Instagram. Go there. Lots of good stuff on there so you can follow along and, and see what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, Paul, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to link the books you recommended and then also uh, where you can find him on Instagram and his website and the bio as well. But really appreciate you coming on the Pivot Points podcast. Gave our viewers some great, great thoughts here and to get them rolling with their days. So really appreciate you having coming on here and hope you have a great rest of your day, man. Man, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks so much, Paul. Take care. All right. Bye.